Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And today is Jen's birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Jen! Thank you! And how we're going to celebrate that is by um, talking about Jen's least favorite book. <laughs> Chaos Happy and birthday, Death! Jen. Thank you! <laughs> so, we were all like, yes, let's read Celebrity, and then we're all just like, I know, oh, no, no, it's, no, no, it's chaos. <laughs> wah, wah, <Next>. wah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, chaos. At least it's short. I mean, that's one thing you can say about it. At least it's short. At least Um, it's short, yes. That's like one of the shorter shorter novellas. It was only like 80-some pages. Yeah. Um, So, so, uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, (laughs) chaos. So, you know, the shorter books, it's hard to pick out a theme. Um, Yeah. But this one, it seems like she was really trying to get across. I, I feel like she was using this as as like a metaphor for addiction in general. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. Um, and with addiction, you get you know madness or whatever that comes right. into play a, a lot. You know them yeah. calling him a mad scientist. Um, and then also because it's called unquiet. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. things that you do to 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 find quiet and calm within yourself mm-hmm. that often don't work right and cause you to become unquiet i guess correct so i don't know all of those things are in there yeah. i yeah. just wish it was a better book for those <laughs> mm. yes yes yeah oh. because i don't know about it. like it it's not like I hate to say it's not a great book because, but it isn't. It really isn't. It's, it really is. It was kind of boring. Yeah, and it's fucking ridiculous. And fucking ridiculous. I it's mean, fucking ridiculous. It's a I so sorry. it's a great premise, but well, and that's that's I think the biggest issue with it for me is that it is a good premise. I mean, obviously, like the mm-hmm. basis on on Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde mm-hmm. and like the yeah. classic novel, um, like you could have stuck with that premise right and not gone into like also you turn into a fucking monster like literally like that (laughs) and i and i had only read it once before and then i again i was like oh right that's what the fuck happens because i love dr jekyll and mr hyde right like like i did i did a um i did like an analytical paper on it my senior year of high school and like my senior writing class in which my teacher told me I was not allowed to use that book because it was under a hundred pages because it's not mm. a very long book. No, it's and not. so like that became like my legacy for like three years. My speech students were like, Oh yeah. So-and-so will talk about you and your paper, which was not that great. It wasn't like it was a great paper, but like pushing that envelope because they wanted to be so fucking strict about it. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. it was 83 pages long. But I remember being like, I learned so much about how to analyze literature from that class and also recognizing that it doesn't have to be fucking like you know les miserables for it to be a book that has a lot of substance and so i really really got into the story that Mm -hmm. robert louis stevenson wrote like and then when this one came out and i think this is why i haven't read it since because when i first read it i was like oh my god this is like a 
Jekyll and Hyde thing. And I was so pumped. And I was like, this is awful. So mad yeah. about it. And then I <laughs> haven't looked at it again until this time around. So, but I think that if we had like not jumped all the way to people turning into fucking monsters, I would have <laughs> right. yeah. hated it way less. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, <sighs> you know, you know, we all have our feelings about the supernatural books and mm-hmm. whatever, but I have more feelings I than can, most. Yeah. But the two things I cannot get behind are this entire thing and the tattoo. I just, I can't. All right. Yeah. And, I, and, and this would not happen. You can't like just change your entire facial structure. With a serum. I mean, come the fuck on, Nora. Like, no. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, literally, they say that in the story, too. They're like, yeah, this is impossible. It's this impossible. is impossible. Um, yeah. And anytime something like this happens, anytime Eve is struggling to identify a suspect because they have done something that is possible to alter their appearance like it it would it would make sense that that's what would have happened in this story if right. he's gonna look like that or he literally like even because him doing the like pulling pulling this awful dark side out of you which was the whole premise and having having two different personalities and even like filling up the space differently mm-hmm. yeah that's different than like completely being contorted into a different yeah. physical being right so like that was i was like i was like everything is here for this to be fine and it's and you added an extra thing and then we're like the hell is this the interesting thing though is that we've already established that in this world there's a drug that will turn people's eyes white or pink but that that i get because that's a physical change that could come with addiction i mean you see it. You see it happen with alcoholics. They, they get the, you know, the eyes, the bloodshot eyes, and the red nose, and. But that's not know. their irises, like actually, turning a different color. That's their well, the whites of their eyes, which has to do Does with the blood vessels. Really but say that it's the irises that change with funk. I thought it was just the. I, she just says eyes usually. Yeah, I had always seen it as the actual color of the eyes change. Oh, okay. Not just. The I mean, whites. even if you even if you read it like in either of those different ways, like I think that I think I've always thought that like Nora's point when she talks about that kind of thing is just like showing how addiction dulls people's features. Right. Right. Um, so that's I've never even like thought about specifically what that means whenever I hear about that their eyes have turned white. Right. I've just always been like that's her way of saying that. So I didn't. So yeah. like. That was really interesting just now hearing you guys say both of those things because I was like, yeah, I never, I I just was like, oh, their eyes are dull. Like I just didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that there's a huge difference there too. I think that like, that's just wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, but that's not even like, that's not even what was in Jekyll and Hyde either. That's, that's the other thing is I was like, you, you already had the source material. Right. But you can't just, right. you can't be boring and not put, you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> a monster you- in. I mean, this is, these were right. her opportunity to like go one step yeah. beyond, you know? So, yeah. But did she have to take it so far? <laughs> I 
I mean, uh, she didn't have to, but that's where she took it. It is what it is. Listen, I mean, she she's like she's like mm, whatever. I did it. <laughs> yeah, people spent money on it. <laughs> and yeah. you know, like, and, and it was probably really fun to to you know write. And uh, I get that probably. totally. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so if we go through this whole thing, um, like it opens up with this guy who has just killed three people. Um, we learn later that you know they were three people who were going through a um, drug rehabilitation program, and right. mm-hmm. he's the way she's describing him is that he's got you know like bulging red eyes and he's wearing a cape and he's yeah. just doing this all killing these people. And he's like dancing around and laughing and enjoying it, you know? And then he writes a note on the wall in their blood, basically saying to whom it may concern, please take out the trash. Don't forget to recycle properly. Thank you for your attention to this matter. Dr. Chaos. My God. <laughs> Eve gets to the crime scene and it's really gross and Peabody's really struggling not to puke. I am not to hurl. Can't yeah. blame her. I mean, I, I'm not sensitive at all. And I would have been like, well, nope. Yeah. yeah. Right. She records the scene. The victims are two males and a female. The first victim had his left ear removed. The second victim had his left eye removed. And the female was Jennifer Darnell and she was missing her tongue. Um, they'd all been severely beaten and mutilated, had, had been arranged as uh, to, you send the message, hear no evil, see no evil, say no evil. And, which that particular part of it was kind of cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we got to the Dr. Chaos <laughs> changing thing. Um, but uh, the building is owned by Whitwood Group and is pending rehab. The other victims are Kobe Vicks and Wilson Bickford. All three victims had chips from a uh a drug rehabilitation program called get straight um so dallas and peabody talked to the 911 caller uh she she sponsored darnell and was worried when uh she she didn't show up for work and her name is uh, the 911 caller is named katrina chu and she also works at the canal street clinic so everybody knows louise damato apparently Everyone. We, well, we have to bring her in some somehow, and this is it's where like, she fits in. It's like the series is literally just about um, people that everyone knows. <laughs> like everyone yeah. knows Louise. Everyone That's one knows of those Rourke. things where, like, like last book, people were talking about the big coincidence, you know, yeah, of Eve's mom, and so you have to do. I guess you have to do that in a series like this, you know. Yeah, it's instead just of fine. continually introducing more new characters. She mentions that the three victims were squatting in the building for the last few weeks with authorization from a Dr. Rosenthal. She also mentions that Rosenthal and Ariana Whitwood are engaged. So Dallas and Peabody look up Rosenthal and Whitwood and the Get Get Straight program, essentially. Dr. Justin Rosenthal works at the Whitwood Center and specializes in chemical addictions. Ariana Whitward is a therapist specializing in addictions. Her brother OD'd, leading to the creation of the Whitwood Center. Rosenthal had a sister who also died of an overdose. Even Peabody go to the, the um, Whitwood Center. 
woman from the front desk directs them to where Rosenthal works in the reception area by his office. The receptionist is not happy that Dallas won't tell her why shoot. They want to talk to Rosenthal, but gets his lab assistant, uh, Pachi. Pachi. Pachi sounds right. Or Pachi. Something like that. His last name is Gupta. uh, To come and take them back to the lab. Several people are working to the sound of Mavis's music in the lab facility. So that's got to be weird for Eve. (laughs) It's like everyone. Mavis is a superstar. (laughs) Right. So. So. Yeah, it totally makes sense. But uh, it's got to be weird. Yeah. So. Because she knew Mavis when. (laughs) Right. Um, Once Rosenthal finishes a lab procedure he was working on, he comes to talk. He comes over to talk with Dallas and Peabody. Dallas asks him about the victims and informs him that they were murdered that morning. Potch or Pachi is distressed because they were his friends and he had seen them just the day before. All the people in the lab sit in stunned silence after Eve tells them how they were each killed. So Eve starts questioning Rosenthal after he expresses his dismay. She asks why he had given them permission to squat in the building they were found in. He tells Eve that they had a policy not to lend money to anyone in the program, but they find other ways to help. When asked where he was at the time of the murders, he said he was in his office working late and then slept in his office after two. Which isn't suspicious at all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sorry, like it's so suspicious. Well, I think that's why Rosenthal, didn't she suspect Rosenthal like from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. He's working on a serum to counteract addiction and substance abuse. Rosenthal goes off to tell Whitwood while even Peabody talk with the interns, Marty Frank and Ken Dickerson. Marty Frank liked the three victims. She wasn't really close to them, but interacted with them. All the lab workers had family or friends who died from overdoses. She and Dickerson were both sad about the deaths and had contact with the victims, but were alibied for the time of the attacks. As Peabody and Dallas walk to meet Whitwood in the meditation garden, Peabody sees butterflies and tells Dallas <laughs> they make her happy. And Good for you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Eve... Gives her usual interesting opinions that they have buggy eyes, creepy little antennas, and probably have tiny, sharp little teeth. So. Oh, Eve. Thanks, Eve. (laughs) Thanks for that. Yeah. So Whitwood introduces herself. She believes all three victims were on their way to overcoming their addictions. She mentions um, that Jen had found out about the quiet, uh, which is, I guess, what they were working on. No, she had, she, she said she had found her quiet. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. So addictions don't allow for quiet. So part of their recovery is finding it. Jen had come in voluntarily after losing several days to a drug binge and then started binging, bringing her other friends in for treatment. As they're talking, another man calls out to Ariana Whitwood. He is introduced as Eaton Billingsley. As he chides Safe. them for such in- a fucking pretentious name. Yeah. We're like this guy. We were never going to like this guy. No. Yeah. Right away. We, nobody likes this guy. We, we figured that no out. No likes him. Pretty His quickly. name is Eaton Billingsley. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Need I say more? 
Um, so even Peabody also go and check out, you know, get straight and get ad- additional information. The first officer on scene offers officer Slovak calls to them and tells them they found a witness who saw something or someone stuffing something into a recycler and dancing under a streetlight. Um, she was up with a teething baby. She tells Slovak that he was a monster or a demon. Her description of the killer is a male with medium build, dark, wild, stringy hair. He has greenish skin, red bulging eyes, contorted features, prominent teeth, and was wearing a black cape and carrying a black satchel. Eve tells him to con- <laughs> Eve tells him to contact Yancey to work with her. So even Peabody split up with Peabody heading to Slice, a piece a pizza joint where Jen and Kobe worked. A 24-7 they frequented, and a diner where they hung out, while Dallas heads for the triple header at the morgue. (laughs) Eve thinks about the crime on her way to the morgue. She's cheered to see that Morris has a bit of color in his outfit as a sign he is healing from Coltrane's death. Hang on a second, my clock is going off. Okay, I was like, what is that sound? Am I just... Uh, the clock is now like our regular guest <laughs> no, on it's here. A, it's a regular Hello, fixture what? here, you know, at the podcast in death now. You it's know. like the dogs. Yeah. So Morris is wearing a bit of color, so he's starting his uh, healing process from Coltrane's death. He confirms that the victims were all on their way to being clean. No sexual activity. Morris walks Dallas through the CODs and timing of different attacks on each victim. He concludes that the attacks all took a lot of energy, strength, and endurance. They both conclude that the killer thoroughly enjoyed himself and will kill again. Which is creepy as fuck. Right. Mm -hmm. So Dallas heads to Central. As she enters the bullpen, she smells cookies and sees the (laughs) remains of them on her detectives. And no surprise, she sees Nadine first in her office. Of course. Yeah. And um, one of the best scenes in this series, or I mean, in in this particular book is Eve says to her, like, what do you want? And Nadine says, a man of amazing sexual prowess, great sensitivity, stupendous abs, and the face of an angel, tossed in a, wick- a wicked sense of humor and stupendous wealth, who adores the very ground I walk on. Oh, wait, you already have him. <laughs> <laughs> so, not wrong. So, that's very funny. Some great shit right there. Mm-hmm. I love Nadine. Yep. Yeah. My, some of my favorite Nadine moments are literally when she's like thrown into the book for about a half a page and we like never see her again and i love her i want more of her but at the same time i was like she comes in she gets whatever her purpose in the book done with and it's always great yeah yeah well and part of her purpose here is is she knows billingsley and so eve asks her about billingsley and nadine's like well he's a dick <laughs> and we're like okay well Which we already, I already knew, knew that confirmation <laughs> more confirmation don't worry more confirmation is coming eve um, Nadine also asked Eve to come down, come on now to talk about the Dallas case. Basically, she wants Eve to come in and talk about um, Isaac McQueen. Of course. When Eve refuses, Nadine quickly backs down, mentioning she had dug up some history on Eve. The reporter wants the story 
the friend won't push. Dallas suggests Nadine reach out to the Jones twins about Dallas, which is a good suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is a really good suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eve leaves a message for Louise, sets up her board and starts on her report when Rourke lurks in her doorway and comments on how gruesome her board is. She asks his opinion on Whitwood because he also knows Whitwood apparently and Rosenthal. And his opinion on Billingsley is that he's a git. <laughs> so. so confirmation number like 10 at this point. Right. Yep. Um, Yancey contacts Dallas to come and see the sketch that he's made and Rourke follows along. Yancey introduces her to Cynthia Koppel and her daughter Lillian. When Yancey hands her the sketch, it's the face of a monster. So <laughs> again, and she's like, come on, guys. <laughs> Why does this keep happening? Yeah, so this picture is like the killer has crooked jaw, twisted mouth with long, sharp <clears throat> teeth, a thick nose, bulging and gleaming red eyes, pale green skin, oily hair, and pointed ears. Koppel says he had a low, deep, maniacal laugh. He was wearing a cape and spinning around as he left. Eve points out that the killer knew the victims, hence the ears, eyes, and mouth to silence them. Eve shows the picture to Peabody and has her start looking at theaters and costume outfits because that would make sense. That would make sense, yes. <laughs> However. And she's like, wait, I don't understand why you're not finding anything. <laughs> I don't either. Too. <laughs> so Eve wheedles a meet with Mira after um, showing her admin the murder board. Louise calls Dallas back and expresses her sadness about the murders. She was Darnell's physician. Louise and Louise has another surgery. So Rourke does an end run and sets up a meeting for drinks with her at Anne Charles. Yeah. <laughs> Chen, how do you feel about Louise being in surgery? I mean she's what, like 32 or some shit like that? Right. Come on. <laughs> She's a surgeon. She's a cheap cheese. She does why do I? Well, I don't know why I read this series. It's because it makes me feel terrible about myself. Uh, I'm not a surgeon and everything. And, and for 14 different other types of doctors. Specialists. Yeah. You know, at, at 32 and I have eight specialties. <laughs> okay, Doogie Hauser. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> As Dallas heads for her meet with Mira, she grabs the bakery box and gives it to the ad admin as a thank you or a bribe. We're not sure which. And the you know, the uh, the admin asks her, "Is this a thank you or a bribe?" And are these a thank you or a bribe? And Eve just says they're chocolate chip. So <laughs> that's what they the are. Correct answer. Right. Yeah. Mira looks at the sketch of the killer and questions how good the witness was. <laughs> Are you sure she wasn't on something when she saw this? Right. Like, um, I don't understand. <laughs> Mira analyzes the killer and concludes he's a loner and a sociopath. Mira also tells Eve that the jaw deformity would leave someone in constant pain, unable to eat, and only speak in garbled words. Eve is surprised when Mira characterizes Billingsley as a pain in the ass. Really? Because, like... <laughs> 15 other people have told you by this time. I don't what know why you you're do surprised. Someone have been like, I think Billingsley is wonderful. He's charming. Like, uh, I don't if, know what those other people are talking length, about. If this were a full length novel, we may have gotten that answer from someone. Just I think for like Eve, some, 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think Eve would be more surprised if Mira said she knew him, but he wasn't a dick. Right. Right. Before Eve leaves, Mira asks how she's doing since Dallas. Eve says that her shoulder is healing. She isn't having nightmares and right now does not want to think about her mother. Yeah, because she's getting over it. People that read this book series. Eve is yeah. getting over it. So she needs to get over it. <laughs> I'm so glad she is. Finally. So Eve starts thinking over scenarios in her office at Central. She starts with Ariana and Rosenthal, but since everyone else likes to hate Billingsley, her thoughts turn that way. She also works her way through all the lab workers. After setting up her board, she decides to head back to the scene. Peabody is frustrated frustrated from her searches. Makeup and costume designers all tell her the eyes and jaw are impossible to create. Um, Dallas reaches out to Mavis and asks her to show a sketch of the suspect to Trina. Mavis wigs out over the sketch, but agrees to talk with Trina. We also have a little, like, you know, scene with Bella. Of course. Because it's pretty great. I do love the scene with Bella. It's actually pretty lovely. Pretty sweet. It it really is. We love our Bella. I just like, I just like when, when Eve is like, when Mavis takes the phone or the link back and is like, can you wipe that off? So you're not blurry. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. And this is the early, I, I really love Eve's early interactions with Bella because, you know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Bella's like grabbing the phone and saying, Das and and Eve is like, Yeah, hi, kid. Kiss kiss. Like it's more annoying, you know, than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's all, it's, it's, you know, the great part about it is that that's also showing some growth, right? Mm -hmm. character As as time goes on. So, and I'm sorry, it's fucking funny. It is like, I don't understand why Eve doesn't know how to interact with babies. She's, this is so unrealistic. And I was like, it's funny as hell. Get out of here. She's never been around babies. Yeah. Why should she? she? Right. You know. It makes no sense. And the thing is, you know, I mean, it's not just like Mavis has have has had a baby and is like really chill about it. I mean, Mav- Mavis is really like <laughs> you are so, going to be the uh, godmother, yeah. goddammit. And she's so <laughs> like overly Mavis. She's like really so Mavis in this in this when she's it's with so great. Bella and she's yeah. yeah. It's so great. So it's I'm sure that's so like extra great. annoying to Eve, which I totally understand. Which Mavis is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she knows it's extra annoying to Eve. Yeah, and she mm-hmm. does it anyway. So, <laughs> yep. um, Eve checks out the scene again, trying to do her usual thing of imagining the crime from the killer's point of view. Suddenly the door opens and she almost stuns Rourke. Eve determines the killer has or had been there before the previous night. He knew the setup of the building and was able to avoid items and go straight to the victims. Uh, Dallas and Rourke enter the bar where they are meeting Louise and Charles. While they wait, Rourke asks Eve to tell him what they found, what she found during her recreation. She says the woman, Jen, was the primary motive. He wanted her to see what he did, and her death was face to face as he strangled her. She bumps the other woman down on her suspect list. 
Charles and Louise arrive. Eve shows them the sketch of the killer, and they are as confused as everyone else because, yeah, you know. Because Louise is a doctor and says, no, this, no. <laughs> this right. is impossible. That she continues to tell this them why it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Same thing as Mira this said. This not happen. That um, the jaw is so extreme, <laughs> he would have difficulty breathing, eating, and speaking. As the waitress serves drinks, she mentions that she had seen him early that morning. Convenient. She'd been up doing yoga and sometime after 3 a.m. heard weird laughing and saw him skipping down the sidewalk and swinging on a street pole. Eve asked Louise about Rosenthal. She says he's in love with Ariana and is not the type to do this kind of thing. She also thinks poorly of Billingsley. Nobody's surprised. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> so shocking. Shocking. Uh, as they leave the bar, Rourke compliments Eve on actually talking about non-work topics for 30 minutes after the interview. So, and then, when, of course, when they enter the, the house, Somerset is waiting and he's saying, you know, a monumental day, home together in a timely fashion and unbloodied. Applause. <laughs> Somerset, <laughs> seriously. Okay. Um, and Eve's like, he, if, that's a tired joke. You've been doing that yeah, one. Right. <laughs> uh, Eve says if he actually applauded the bones in his skeletal hands would break and crumble to dust. <laughs> and it says Rourke just shook his head as Eve started upstairs. The two of you really have to stop this love affair. I'm a jealous man. We'll get dinner <laughs> in, lieuten in the Lieutenant's office. Rourke added to Somerset. I'm shocked beyond speech. Somerset says, if only <laughs> Eve muttered. So. Yeah, you all are comedians. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> they are comedians, but it's so great. I mean, you For know, real. I oh, I love it every time. Yeah, they head upstairs, and Rourke insists on working on her arm and hip that were injured by McQueen. Eve starts thinking about how worried Rourke was about her, and that they hadn't done the thing since she got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> done the thing. Um, she decides oh. they need some fun as she seduces him after they do the thing she asks him um, she tells him she ha he has to quit worrying about her well that's not going to happen so no Sorry. I mean nice try but still yeah <laughs> nice try but <laughs> uh, Eve set up her murder board at home she notices the message a message and hears Trina tell her that she could do everything but the eyes and the jaw. I couldn't make anybody look like that, and I'm the best. You've got yourself a freakazoid, Dallas. <laughs> and then reminds Dallas that she's coming on Saturday to give her the works. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Rourke comments that she looks more horrified by that thought than by the image of her killer. She expresses her frustration that both medical and costume people say the image can't be real. Just after midnight, Billingsley codes himself illegally into Rosenthal's lab. Billingsley, being a total idiot, wants the money Rosenthal had been using <laughs> on the secret project. He figures he can prove to Ariana that he is the better man. After multiple password attempts, he gains access to the main computer station. One folder called Unquiet has gotten his attention. Suddenly a crash behind him startled him. Behind him stands Dr. Chaos. 
Billingsley tries to contact security, but Chaos easily catches him using a knife and his teeth. Chaos um, <laughs> reigned, essentially. Yeah, that's disturbing. Yeah. Also, though, like, this is, I was like, oh, man. Because I, I, like, when I started reading it, I was like, it's not going to be this guy because, like, it can't be because everyone hates right. him. And then I'm just like, and then when it happened, I was like, yep. I knew it wasn't going to be him, but I really wanted it to be him. And now he's going <laughs> to die, so it can't be him. <laughs> I'm weird, guys. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're good. Do you do you guys remember what year this was? This this book. Um, I've got it right here. Hold on, because I remember a story, but I think it was after this was written of a guy, Florida man, um, biting off <laughs> some other guy's nose or biting. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh 2011. But of course when I look and when I go to Google and I type in Florida man <laughs> bites off, first thing I get, <laughs> I'm not lying, Florida man bites off his own nipples. Oh god. <laughs> how do you even do that? <laughs> How, how do you even do how, that? How, how do you even do I mean, that? He, he's got to have some serious man boobs. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise that's pretty much impossible. Um, so here's a lot of um, stories about a guy biting some other guy's ear off. Well, that was Mike Tyson did that. <laughs> well, this is Florida man. Oh my God. Yeah, a Florida man. Bites yeah, off somebody that? else's ear. Wasn't it Evander Holyfield? Mike Tyson bit his ear off? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, I, I mean, I don't, I remember that happening. I just don't remember when. It, that was in 2001. 2001 was a long time ago. It was a long time I, ago. I, I, sorry, I can't resist. I have to look at Florida man bites off his own nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I would be disappointed if you didn't. Okay. This is saying. <laughs> okay. What? So this is saying husband bit his wife's nipples off. Uh, which would be more likely. It, it, yeah. But also gross. That was, that's really not very nice. No. Because <laughs> the other. <laughs> No, no, I, well, it wouldn't. I mean, I'm just agreeing with you, but the only other like Florida man bites off his own nipples um, are coming from like sites that aren't, you know, uh, news sites. That's why I think that, that's not <laughs> sites that aren't news sites. If you get my but, drift, you know, it's it would uh -huh. be hilarious because it said Florida man bites off his own nipples and then slaps his wife with him after heated argument. I mean, I would, if that was true, I would love to <laughs> learn more, learn more about that. You're like, but we're not going to do that to ourselves because we know shit. that's not what a zebra bites want. a man's nipple off. Like what, why are we coming for men's nipples? <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. Um, anyway, let's, <laughs> the internet is I a digress. crazy place. Friends. The internet is a crazy place. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's a terrifying place. <laughs> well, it was created by people on this planet, and this planet is terrifying. So. Right. Fair. Um, so, 
Eve is pulled out of a dream by the sound of her communicator. It's the message to go to Justin Rosenthal's lab for a possible homicide. She and Rourke speed to the building. The security guard at the entrance says he saw a bizarre figure um, dancing away. He had to check out the area and saw the new Vic in the lab. The new message in blood on the counter tells her nobody liked him anyway. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not even mad at that. Right. I'm not, I'm not even mad. I was, I was mostly just mad being like, I wouldn't have been, I would have been okay if he'd just been the bad guy. Like I'm okay with that. Right. But now he's dead. So you're welcome. Literally he, thanks Dr. Chaos. <laughs> And I guess we owe you a thank you card now. Right. <laughs> so Eve kind of like surmises that the missing nose is a symbol that uh, Billingsley was basically too nosy. Mal no evil. That he, he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I was like I did like the uh, no this fucker keeps sticking his nose in other people's business. Right. Yeah. So and but the bummer for Eve is that there goes one of her suspects, her main suspect. Yeah. Peabody arrives and is quizzed on what the missing nose means. She determines that he won't be sniffing around anymore. And then is sulky is. and insulted because Eve gives her an A minus on that answer. <laughs> Eve asks her another question and Peabody determines he was there to poke his nose in on something. And this time she gets an A plus. <laughs> She's like, better pun, better pun. Exactly. So you get an A plus mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah. You know, Eve's all about the puns. Indeed. Um, Billingsley has some green flesh under his nails. So they. So gross. But okay. Again, you know. It, so. How? Yeah. <laughs> why why argue the science here? But, you know. I'll argue it's... the science. <laughs> Jen's like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> that the, the skin is I still green. After it's like taken out. Not like the fucking Hulk. I mean, come on. If you, but if you like, if you could tore a hunk off the Hulk and he, it would still be green. I don't know. I'm arguing the science. I don't know. According to this book, it would be. I'm okay with the Hulk because it's, he's, he's literally, it's a, he's a superhero. Like you, you suspend the laws of science when it comes to that shit. It doesn't belong in the series. Well, yeah. Yeah. When we're, when we're in the series, it is basically based in a right. very, very Which, lightly suspended from our reality right. type of series. Yeah. This feels like the fuck is this? Which is my yeah. argument for possession as well. Well, yeah. yeah, fair. Yeah. He has green flesh under his nails. So they take that in to see if they can get some DNA. When he walks into the break room, she sees lockers and an open ceiling vent. Of course, she has Rourke boost her up to look in the vent as she explores the area and thinks what happens. You know, she's all, <laughs> yeah, I love this part too, because she was like, so maybe he like did this, came through the vent, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And Rourke's like, are you going to solve the whole thing while I'm boosting you up here? Or- yeah, right. <laughs> Can I put you down first? And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. I guess you can put me down. (laughs) So good. So um, Peabody lets Dallas know that Cher Rio is working on a warrant. She asks Rourke for a bribe for the DNA work to get Dickhead moving on it. Uh, In the security office, 
Eve studies the recordings. She's still stumped about how the killer can cope with that mask. Her warrant comes in, so they head back to the lockers. She and Rourke are disagreeing on the killer. He thinks the guy's real. She thinks it's somehow a trick of some kind with drugs adding to it. In Gupta's locker, they find a weighted pipe with blood on it. They quickly decided to frame up because, duh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, duh. Um, she heads off to the cop lab and Rourke heads into his office. Berensky changes the terms of the bribe to include a bottle of single malt scotch for uh, game night, game one of the World Series as they walk in. Listen, like, that guy fucking sucks, but he also is like, I, I admire him just trying for it. Going for it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he went for it. Yeah. You know. It still fucking sucks. He, but he, he does. You know. I mean, like, the, the bribes he gets from Eve. I mean, for real. Like, <laughs> right. You're like, come on. Do your and fucking job. Yeah, do your fucking job. Too. Just do your goddamn job. <laughs> no, Seriously. I mean, I mean, I get it because it's not really, she's not bribing him to do his job. She's bribing him to do what she wants before everyone else. Right. right. Like I, I understand it, but at the same time we're like, yeah, no, um, you're kind of still gross. So we're going to not like you. Exactly. Yeah. But also good job trying to get everything you possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's up. <laughs> um, so it turns out that Harpo Harvo. Harpo. Um, well, yeah, but in this book, they may have said it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a couple books, just yeah. like the whole Morse Morris thing. Yeah, there's a couple books where she's where she's Harpo, right? So, so silly. She's frustrated because she no. can't ID the hair, and she's the goddess of hair and fiber, right? Well, All she so can say fair. is it's not synthetic and it's not exactly human or animal. It's a bit of both. You know what? It's so this reminds me. Sorry, but I'm just going to go off topic just a tiny little bit. Um. I just discovered this this guy, this um, comedian. He's like a really young guy, um, and he was talking. <laughs> he was talking about because it's talking about it's half man, half ape, or something like that. This hair that they found is like half man, half ape, whatever. Um, anyway, so he does this whole shtick about being um, needing glasses. He, he needs glasses, and he's like, when I thought about it, I thought like. Sorry, my thing is going off. Uh, he said. <laughs> he said when I thought about it, so many mythol so so much of our mythology could probably be explained by people not having glasses. Like he said, I could just see somebody like coming out of the woods and like, dude, you would never believe. I just saw like a half man and a half horse, and he's like, no, dude, you saw a guy on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> You need glasses. You need These glasses. things that have not been invented. <laughs> he said, you, you know, or somebody, or somebody you know, running off the beach and going like, dude, I just saw a mermaid. And like, no, dude, you just saw some woman drowning. <laughs> Maybe you should go help her. <laughs> so it makes total sense though really when you think about it yeah it really right. does it really does you're like oh, somebody who oh. needed glasses saw some guy on a horse some really hairy guy on a horse and went oh my god i just saw like a half horse half man 
Well, no, <laughs> that's not. That's what you saw. That's what you saw. You you can't see properly. <laughs> Although we can't blame this on people not having glasses. Unfortunately, no. I mean that would be funny, but no. <laughs> no, but yeah, because everyone has good eyesight in this. Yep. World. Um. Anyway, so to add so. to that, Berinsky tells them that the skin is actually green. It wasn't just makeup or something. Um, and there was some blood from the killer, but it's not human. When they get back to the car, Peabody bravely tries to tell Eve that the killer is not human. <laughs> He's like, bitch, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, bitch, please. <laughs> um, Just, uh, you could like feel like Peabody being like... I'm going to regret this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she always kind of does when she like has to go to Eve and go like, let's, let's just maybe think about maybe that's woo woo. And he was like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's always really funny. Um, yeah. And, and the funny part of this is like, you know, Peabody's saying like, if they both come up with the same results and really, when you look at it at the killer, he's just not in Eve's like human bullshit, bullshit. And one more bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing some sort of weird experiments on in Rosenthal's lab, something unauthorized and twisted. And Peabody says, that's what I'm saying. They created a monster, a killer eight man monster. And now it's broken out and wreaking havoc on the city. And, and (laughs) Eve goes, don't make me slap you. It's so damn girly. And Peabody says, not when you're on the receiving end. So So, yeah. So they talk about whether or not, you know, this person could be a, actual monster yeah then that's when they come up with the uh they start talking about jekyll and hyde rourke brought it up first and um eve says that to peabody rourke said you know mr he's mr hyde and peabody said mr hyde oh oh rosenthal created the evil dr jekyll no wait dr jekyll's the good part hyde is the evil one but they're the same person rosenthal's mr hyde <laughs> he was like a d minus and only because you got the names right only because you got the names right so but you know it's actually an a plus um peabody so that's right so as dallas walks toward homicide ariana rushes up to her and asks What's happening? The police had brought her to and Rosenthal into Central and separated them. She had asked her fiancé not to spend the night in the lab, so they went home late together. Uh, Eve enters the interview to talk with Rosenthal. She reads him his rights and takes a DNA sample from him. As they finally get around to talking about the, the project, Peabody joins them. He explains that they were doing testing on rats of an addictive substance. When Eve tells him the serum case was open and empty, he's extremely shocked. Uh, Peabody splits off to interview Gupta. Eve decides to take on Dickerson alone. Oh, bad idea, Eve. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad idea. Literally, like, any time this, I feel like this happens any time that we get to the situation and Eve's like, 
oh yeah, Peabody, uh, you do this and I'll I'll just handle it. This is when shit like this happens. <laughs> yeah. And Peabody will be like, are you sure you want to do that alone? I got it. Then you're like, you don't well, got it, actually. <laughs> well, Dickerson was really nobody, so why would she even think to... Like it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, go interview the other guy and I'll I mean, do this I think, guy. I I don't know. See, I don't know. I felt like I felt like Eve was when she Eve knew was at that point. Yeah, I feel like she her. knew Dickerson at that moment was it was him because she like she had dismissed Rosenthal, and that's when you. I'm sorry, but what I'm saying Eve, is that like, just that it yeah. was, he. She didn't think it was a big deal. Well, no, right. because she doesn't believe in monsters, so that's right. fair. <laughs> but at the same time, Eve like Eve does this every fucking time where she's like. Yeah, I got it, or whatever. And like, you know, you're going into the room with the killer. Just fucking take your partner or take another cop in there. Come on. <laughs> well, she's Eve, though. Like, right now, she's Eve. And then we roll our <laughs> eyes and we're like, okay, here we go again. Right. Except for this one bugs me because it has to be Rourke who comes in and saves the day. And you know how I feel about that. Yeah. yeah. She's she is strong enough. She doesn't need fucking Rourke. I don't think Until she, she does. Does she need him? <laughs> I don't know, but it feels, I don't think she does. I think she handles him just fine, but it like, it turns into this thing where I'm like, I didn't need um, Rourke to do that. Because Rourke punches <laughs> him and he finally goes down, but yeah. um, she stunned him several times up yeah. to that point. I didn't need Rourke to be there. I was like, great, Rourke is there. <laughs> I was like, Eve has it fucking covered, guy. Right. And we love Rourke, but. We do love Rourke. Um, so yeah, uh, Dickerson is acting really weird. He's nervously scratching his skin. Eve keeps pushing at him and he starts sweating. Um, Peabody finally joins them with a drink. Dallas is still trying to get him to claim he took the serum. They take a break and leave the interview room. They comment that he looks like an addict ready for a fix. When Dallas walks back into interview, Dickerson is standing in a corner facing away from her. He tells her to call him Dr. Chaos and turns around. <laughs> Even saying this, it, it is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> call me Dr. Chaos. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? Nora got out of her system. I couldn't even read that with a straight face. <laughs> so. Dr. Chaos. Oh. Me, Dr. Chaos. <laughs> oh. God. Um, she pulls her weapon on him as he jumps at her. She thinks she stuns him, but he is incredibly fast. She kicks him, then stuns him again. He jokes that it tickles. She keeps firing at him and he keeps coming. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> I just, when he's, she's like, I, I can just literally, this, this is why we keep reading Nora though, because like still in the way she's writing the scene, you can feel Eve's like, oh, you fucking shut up. Fucker. Like, just, you just feel Eve's feelings in the scene yeah. without Nora saying them at all. Right. And I just, that's why I can still read this and go, Okay, but I'm glad I read it. Yeah. So she keeps firing at him. He keeps coming. Rourke, Peabody, and a slew of cops swarm the room. Rourke punches him, and he finally goes down. They snap on restraints and call for shackles and a cage. So that's really the end, but then there's an epilogue. And saying Rourke is waiting for Eve in Eve's office when she comes back later. Eve says that Dickerson is dying, multiple organ failure, and a brain tumor. Turns out he had modified the serum before he started taking it. She states that the monster he had become 
was as addicted to killing as Dickerson was addicted to the serum. Dickerson had asked Jen Darnell to, to the lab to show her the results of the serum. She told him she, he had to stop because she could tell he was addicted. Rourke and Eve agree to see each other at home and take care of their injuries. After he leaves, Dallas stares out her window and looks at the city she loves, safe from another monster who hunted in it. So <laughs> I didn't know I never have to read this book again. So um, maybe I missed it. Like I didn't get the motive. Was it? The- oh, he was. Yeah, it was because she knew about what he was doing. What about the other guys? They were there. They were just there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. God, I hate it when people are just They're there. Just there. <laughs> right. Okay. They were there. So. In the way, so we kill them. <laughs> anyway, not important. Um, nope. So, uh, anybody have any um, any commendations to hand out for this book? Louise for telling Eve that this can't fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think she already knew that. I mean, yeah, Louise for like you know um, uh, verifying it. Yeah. Yeah. But they were both wrong. So um, <laughs> uh, no, 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 they weren't. <laughs> in this book, they were. Well, and this book is stupid. I think this was all just a dream Eve had. She's gonna wake she was wakes up in the next book, but the next book was just so interesting that we didn't even get the part where she woke up from this weird ass dream. <laughs> yeah, that I, I like maybe. that. I like that theory. <laughs> maybe all the novellas are just dreams that Eve have has and <laughs> that's why we never Listen, hear about she them has later. Some wild fucking dreams. Yeah. So she that does. would make sense. Yes. It's possible. Oh, not oh. All the novellas. Some of them are pretty steep <clears throat> in reality, but some of them are all right. The first couple. Yeah. Um, I would give a commendation to Jen for all of her work before, you know, she died oh, prior thanks. to the story, but still she she was doing good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Am I gonna give my commendation to I didn't even think about it before I asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> she, she asked the question. She's like, fuck, fuck I, didn't I, didn't, I didn't even think about it for me. But who my accommodation? <laughs> Nobody stood out to me in this one. I guess I'll give it to Peabody. Yeah. She, she deserves more than a D minus or an A minus. Honestly, like not everyone has read Jekyll and Hyde. Good job. Right. Peabody. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, Peabody. Fair. Fair. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that. So the we're, we're done that with that book, book that we read. You know, and so. now we never have to read it again. <laughs> never have to read Yay. it again. Yeah. On to celebrity. Woohoo. <laughs> I like celebrity. I'm celebrity is a great book. I'm excited for this one. It's a fantastic book. And so. Yep. I like it a lot. I mean, un- unfortunately, you know, this book we didn't really like. And, you know, I mean, some are like that. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. It is fine. So from here, should we go into podcast business? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm in for podcast business. So we do have one new patron. Woohoo. Nancy. Nancy's a new patron. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. We really, really appreciate it. Very much. Um, 
so I'm preparing for the 200th episode, which is rapidly approaching rapidly. Um, and I asked this in the Facebook group, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask it here because I need people's input as to what your favorite moments are from episodes. We're going to go like maybe 101 to 199. Okay. And, you know, let us know what, what your, um, what your favorite moments are, any of that stuff. Um, so that I can put together the 200th episode. It'll be a, like we did for the hundredth episode. It'll be like, um, a, a, um, what best, of. best of, yeah. Best of, yeah. yeah. Um, people are like, well, everything. Cause you guys are so wonderful. Right. Yeah. Just play them all again. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can send us an email or you can call us or whatever. Let us know what your favorite uh, moments are. If you're not on our Facebook group. Because I really need some help trying to decide what to put in. I might have some input. I just haven't thought about it. Yeah. Even though you asked. Yeah, you asked. Obviously, you know, you guys need to tell me what your favorite moments I'm are. I'm glad too. someone liked my singing. There you go. There you go. Um, Jen, if you don't know that you're the fan favorite. Oh, and, God. And, it's, and this, that was Michelle saying she liked Jen singing. and But also she's like, AJ's Wikipedia lovely. rants. And all of those are on our um, <laughs> briefing room. I don't think oh. I did any Wikipedia rants on on the regular show. I think that that was briefing room. Yeah, it was briefing room. Um, but the Wikipedia rants were pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. So, but one of the comments that we got, I really love because this is from Lynn. And she said the interviews with Allison Brennan, Susan Erickson, Michelle yes. on Eve's fear of tech, love languages with Kate Beckett, <clears throat> intentionally bookish on Rourke and Teresa on the upcoming cookbook were a lot of fun. My favorite interviews were the two uh, were the two with Emily and Heidi from Romancing the Shelf. I really enjoyed hearing their impressions on the series as I am a fairly recent reader of the series. I listened to their podcasts on the first six books and sure hope they continue to read the series and do more podcasts. Maybe you can have them back for a future discussion. Yeah. I mean, oh, we would love to. Definitely want to do that. Yes. We'd, we we'd love to. Yeah. We love Emily and Heidi. Yeah, we do. They're great. We do. They're lovely. Um, the two episodes on why Rourke loves Eve and how they really get each other are outstanding too. I saved innocent death for, for last read when I finally caught up to the most recently published novel and it's the only book I've ever tossed across the room. Rourke was so unbelievably dim in that book. I was hesitant to listen to the podcast on it, but it turned out to be one of the funniest and made me con- reconsider the book. I got the audiobook afterwards and really like the book now, though I still think Rourke is a total dumbass in it. I mean, yeah, we agree. The Review the Reviews <laughs> episodes are highly entertaining, and I hope you continue them. People really do make the weirdest and stupidest comments, don't they? Facts. I've also learned mm-hmm. from the podcast that Galahad is everyone's universal feline knight in gray. <laughs> in gray tubby armor. In gray tubby oh, armor. I know. No one swears like Jenkinson. I'm not the only one who finds Mavis a bit much at times. And never Google Rourke pink pants. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I did it. <laughs> When that when, when I read that I was like yes good yeah. times oh, and that is that is definitely something for the two hundredth episode right. yes 
Um, oh, and a future episode devoted to the many aspects of Peabody might be fu- a fun one to do. That's that's an excellent. We we talked about that before, but we just never have. We've never done an episode yeah. on just Peabody, so we need to do that. But I just like the, the you know this is exactly why we do this podcast. You know, her saying that she hated innocent. And she listened to our podcast on it anyway, even though she hated it and things that we said made her kind of reconsider. Mm -hmm. And she listened to the audiobook, and now she loves innocent, even though she thinks Rourke's a total dumbass. And which we agree. Right. And we were like, yep, he is. So we're all together on this one. Yep. But that's exactly why we do this, this podcast. Yeah. And it's always so nice to hear when somebody like gets, um, not gets it because a lot of you get it, but who, who reconsiders a book because of what we said that that's always really nice, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Michelle said I mean, that that's too. That's why we do this. We know, mm-hmm. like we love to yeah. be able to, it's, this is all authentic conversation, you know, like obviously you guys, I know this is a shock. We don't, we don't plan these. <laughs> we just talk, you know, what? but they're not scripted or anything. I know it's wild. I know, right? But I mean, like, I love genuine conversation because a yeah. lot of the things that, that I personally, that I say, um, come out of just the conversation. Right. And then, you know, um, sometimes I'll say things that I was like, I never even thought about that. And, and that's, that's just me in general. Like I really like coming to those conclusions yeah. in this aspect. So yeah, being able to know that like you made someone think differently about a book is, kind of one of the best parts about having a podcast like this. right yes yeah um i love it but yeah didn't michelle also say something like that yeah recently yeah. that which which book was it that she was saying that she disliked and oh gosh what was it and then rethought it later um it was a recent one was it not new york to dallas yeah, yeah. i thought it was new york yeah. to dallas and she said, um, listening to New York to Dallas, we review the reviews. Honestly, think I, if I'd bothered to review this book when I originally read it, I might have been an obnoxious a-hole as I did not like this book the first time around. I found it nece- a necessary progression in the series, even more so in hindsight, but also found it super tough to read. I felt every gut punch so keenly and badly missed the balance and levity the other characters bring to the books. There absolutely are funny moments in this book, but I honestly only noticed that once I reread it years later. During the first read, I couldn't see that. It hit me hard. I'm glad I went back and reread it, though, because it actually is a great book. Still a heavy one, but so good. So I would, I mean, for people who, that's a good suggestion for a lot of the people who hate books, hate, you know, love all the in death books, except for this one. I hate this one. Yeah. You know, to go ahead and reread it. Cause I'll, so many of them say like, I just gave it away. Like that the last yeah. re really reviews. Somebody said like, I didn't want it like crowding, like stinking up my like, yeah. tainting, yeah. Her, <laughs> tainting her bookshelf right, or some yeah. shit like that. Um, yeah. But it's like, if you, maybe if you had kept it and reread it later, you might get a different perspective on it. And Right. We've done that a number of times. Like there are books that we didn't like, mm-hmm. like oh, Possession yeah. for me, I didn't like. And when I reread it, I was like, actually, this is kind of a good book. So yeah. first impressions yeah. aren't always 
the best sometimes with these questions. Well, I don't I don't know if that'll work if they listen to this episode. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no amount of reading. What are you trying to say, John? <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing, though. There, there's so many people that really love. When I went and looked for reviews for our Review the Reviews episode for this book, there are a lot mm-hmm. of four and five star reviews. People actually really, really love this book. What the fuck? All right. Because people just okay. see it as some just lighthearted fun. Like they don't just care. Just fun, All goofy right. shit. Yeah. Right. yeah. Fair enough. Go for it. Yeah. They don't really care that it's not realistic or anything like that. They're just, it's a, it was a fun, you know, thing to read. So. All right. I get so, it. You know, I get it. I respect yeah. it. Yeah. 100%. But we are really glad we don't have to read it again. So we're going to, so next book is uh, Celebrity. Celebrity. So wild. Yep. But um, in a week or two is going to be the newest book in the series. So, but I think we're going to wait until uh, uh, not February, uh, March to review that one because yeah, yeah, February, February is when we're going to do celebrity and then we'll March we'll do, we'll do the new one. But, um, so, but looking forward to that one. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all I have for podcast business. Anything else, I guess can wait till later. Um, so if you want to contact us for any reason, but let us know what your favorite moments are from the last, episode 101 to episode 199 uh you can do that by calling the number number is 205-476-2753 and that spells out 2054 rourke um send us an email uh go on our facebook page however you want to do it get that message to us so that we know what you want to hear from our um best of episode when I we do love episode from guys. yeah, so excited. I cannot believe that we're like so close to 200. So close to 200. It's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. It's outrageous, yeah, honestly. It really is. And we're close to the four, four year, four year, which yeah. is again nuts. Fucking wild. Yeah. Is it four wild. year or is it three year? Because it's four years, isn't it? Four. You started in 2020, we right? started in 2020. Four. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. Yeah, because really Basic Snitches is, is going to be five in May. Wow. Technically, it's already five because we recorded our first episode in fall of 2018, but we didn't start yeah. releasing until May of 2019. Um, so this is kind of off topic, but once you, you mentioned up. that, um, so I was on Threads and somebody posted something like, if, if, you, if I see something that you posted on here and I go and look on your... Um, on your like uh what do you call that that your your home page or whatever your form your about mm-hmm. me page or whatever and see that you've yeah. got like your hogwarts house listed i'm immediately going to block <laughs> you well fuck off you know and i thought that's kind of harsh you know when you yeah, think about it, like harsh i get not liking jk rowling and i get not wanting yeah. to support her financially anymore whatever um but and somebody said you know in the answer to this person like if you're gonna just trash or or like get rid of every single piece of art or literature that you have because somebody's problematic you would not have any art or literature right 
Exactly. You would not you know, have any art because Correct. everybody is problematic and says problematic things. And you know, yes, yeah. she said more than her share. Uh, but it's right. like uh, you know, yeah. uh, you can separate the art from the artist. I think. Yeah. I think you can too. I mean, here's the thing: like, there are people who can't, and that's okay. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is not what is going to be good for you. And I, I get it, you know, because she is problematic and she, you know, has said things that have affected whole communities of people negatively. Mm -hmm. So I understand that that said, like, you know, um, that just because something is like a person's work doesn't mean that you think that they're the greatest person on the planet right because what aj was saying like literally so many of these people are problematic because we're humans we're all fucking problematic we do all kinds of terrible shit all the time and yeah most of us are actually not purposely pieces of shit like some of the people who we're referring to but like doesn't mean that yeah doesn't mean that every it's like it's like i was thinking about this um probably a couple months ago like I keep thinking back and I don't know, AJ, you might feel differently. Um, but I was thinking back on like my marriage and I was like, Brian sucks. He's awful. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And like all this, all these negative memories and stuff. And I was like, but also like there were some things that I was like, those were some good times. That was fun. That was great. We had right. some, you know, we, we were young and innocent and got to like get away with, being young and innocent and stupid and it didn't matter because we had whatever, you know, whatever sort of family to fall back on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, I can't yeah. just go 11 years of my life was, was turmoil and awful because it actually wasn't, even though I think about him and I'm like, that guy fucking sucked. It wasn't 11 years of being tormented. Now that, that being said, there are, there are many people who go through relationships where it literally is 11 years of, or however many years of, Right. Of being mistreated and awful, but I was like, that was not the case for the whole time, you know. Right. right. So I'm not gonna go. Well, you know, and I didn't even my 20s didn't even exist, guys. Like, can't pretend they yeah. didn't. And yeah. I grew through that. So it's it is. I mean, it's not the same, but it, there's some similarities that makes it so that I'm yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not gonna sing her praises, but you know, uh, there's a story that she wrote that I enjoy and uh, as a part of my life so yeah Yeah. you know um but like i said i mean you know anybody that right i mean people were saying like well okay so you're never going to watch another movie by that that was produced by harvey weinstein or right um, yeah you know it's it would be impossible to like every single person that's ever done anything that's or said anything that's problematic I'm just gonna and and anybody that even still likes you know I l- like a movie that was produced by Harvey Weinstein that therefore I deserve to get canceled like that se- it right, seems yeah. a little bit too much it's gone too far yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. if you don't like that person you don't want to support them fine but to to go right. to that person's fans and go like if you're still supporting that person fuck you you're a horrible, you're a garbage yeah, human. You're, you're a yeah. terrible person. That's right. Yeah, it, it just seems. Because you don't know. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. 
So I got you. I understand. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's it. Unless you guys have anything yep. else to. Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. Um. Well, then I guess that's it for this episode of Podcast and Death. That was fun. It was. It even it though was. it was chaos. It actually, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was also about chaos. I, but sorry, again, you know, it. I'm happy birthday, Jen, and hope that this discussion about chaos yes, was semi entertaining on your birthday. I had fun. Yes, Good. I had fun. <laughs> So, um, anyway, you know, this is not the last book we're going to be trashing, I'm sure, by any means. No, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, and, you know, Nora, please know that we still love you. We still love your work. And yeah, yeah this absolutely. Book, some problems with it. Otherwise, it was, it was, yeah, somewhat entertaining. <laughs> somewhat entertaining. Yeah. So, right and you know the review the reviews are going to be it's it's going to be pretty funny we're gonna have fun. we're gonna have fun with that yay so anyway yeah so um that's it for this episode of podcast and death so for podcast and death this is aj i'm jen this is tara and we'll see you next week guys bye guys, bye, guys. thank you for listening to podcast in death if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at PodcastInDeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastanddeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast and Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you.